Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr. Um, this part of the podcast is solo, but I will be joined later on by J.D. Hall. J.E., you know, J.D. likes the conceit of the Power Hour, but he he doesn't share the same passion for some of the <laughs> lesser teams that I do. He's also a little more constricted for time than I am. So in the spirit of making this pot a little easier, um, sometimes I'll do one of the teams or I'll like the week I did it with Magic, do that with Dylan. And then I did the other two teams with JD. Sometimes it just works better that way. So you'll hear from JD in a little bit. We actually recorded that last night. Um, I'm recording this on Monday morning. We recorded that on Sunday night. So um, good morning. Um, well, you'll be hearing this in the afternoon. But I, I want to get into some injuries first. You know how we do. There's there's no curveball. I can't really throw a curveball to myself. But I think the biggest injury right now is obviously Alexei Pokashevsky. Um, I'm not going to read. Oh, that sounds like a leg fracture, though. He's going to be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Um, that's a big blow for the Thunder, who are playing pretty well. They're 16 and 21 right now. And that's a, that's a lot. That's about what I expected from them, actually, even without Chet. But Poku was about their biggest player. He actually provided some semblance of rim protection. And this is just, it's a bad, it's a huge loss for them. They're going to have, like, if they want to actually compete this year, they're going to probably want to make a move, like a small move around the margins to improve around the center spot. Now, will they want to compete? That is always the question with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, we'll see how they proceed. But at their record right now, I think it would be a disservice with how Shea is playing to not try and see what you have in a play-in scenario. Now, the real actual biggest news is that Devin Booker injured his groin and he's out for at least four weeks. Now, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I predicted when Steph Curry went out that the Suns or that the Warriors would go on a tumble. That tumble hasn't really happened. The Warriors are still at 500. Now, the Suns have been tumbling. The Suns, Devin Booker, the only really game he played the last couple of weeks was that game he dropped 58 in. And then he played a couple of minutes on Christmas and that Nuggets game we talked about last night that JD and I talked about. But other than that, Booker hasn't played much the last month. And you see how just dire it is without Devin Booker. Um, They miss him so much. And Landry Shamit, he's he's a good player. JD doesn't hate, like JD said, like, I like Landry Shamit. I'm as big a Landry Shamit fan as JD is. G- JD, you know, Landry Shamit's played with a bunch of JD Super players. So I I, I like Landry Shaman. I just think he's a fine player. You know, and I think that he's not gonna be able to replace what Devin Booker can do. Devin Booker, as I said on the last podcast on the Suns podcast, he's a top ten player right now, in my opinion. So you don't have another guy like that on this Suns team. Mikhail Bridges is taking a step forward, but DeAndre Ayton has taken a step back. <laughs> 
So you're kind of where you were before Chris Paul got there, especially now that Chris Paul has also taken a step back. So what's your hope if you're the Suns right now? Try to wade water? So right now the Suns are... I don't have the standings pulled up, but I'm guessing they're still in the seventh seed because... Yeah, Suns are 20 and 17. They're seventh in the Western Conference. When JD and I talked about them, they were third. Now, a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're them being seventh has them one game about behind Dallas at four. But it still is just I I think playing without Booker. I if they can go five hundred without Booker, they should be very pleased with themselves. If they can win like 40% of their games without Booker, I think that's a much more realistic expectation. And I think they need to be realistic with themselves about what this team is without Devin Booker. They this, this was kind of a house of cards, especially with Chris Paul in the decline. He's a Hall of Famer. First ballot. I mean, one of the probably five greatest point cards of all time. He's not that guy anymore. He hasn't been that guy since... Shit, he hasn't been that guy since... the 21 finals. And even then, that was debatable. So, I, I I think this is due for a very um, sharp regression to the... I, I wouldn't even say the mean, just like very, very sharp regression. And then another injury I wanted to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about Dorian Finney-Smith. He will be out for a couple of weeks. And that, in addition with Maxi Kleba, is going to be huge. Because if the the Mavericks depth, as we've talked about, isn't very great, they keep missing guys like this. They might make the play in two. Luca, this this gives me a good segue to talk about Luca. JD and I went on about Jokic and Giannis. I don't think the Bucks are in a position where Giannis can win MVP. Um, I think it's too early for MVP. If the Bucks win 55 games, you might have to give Giannis MVP on the principle of the thing. Um, Jokic won't win three MVPs in a row. There's just no way. But I think I made my position on Jokic very clear. Luka right now? What Luka is putting up, what the load he is carrying, he, this guy gets labeled as a slow starter, right? Like, oh, his... He doesn't come into the season in shape. He doesn't come into the season, you know, prepared, getting his teams off on a great start. We're 34 games in. He's averaging 34 points a game, nine assists, nine rebounds. Um, That's some crazy ass shit. Some <laughs> as the scientific term for it. 51% from the field, 37% from three. I mean, he's unstoppable. It's just the problem is, you know, the next closest scorer is Christian Wood at 17 points a game. It's like when you're doubling your next, this is Russell Westbrook all over again. And we saw what happened with Russell Westbrook. He finishes the six seed. This is really hard to sustain for a whole season. And which is why I never was like too mad at Luca for the slow starts to begin with. Like, yeah, it sucks that he, you know, that he sucked in November and December. I'll take it because he was one of the best playoff players in the league the last couple of years. I mean, literally the only guy stopping him, he's only been beaten by two players. When you think about it, Luke has only been beaten by Steph and Kawhi. 
two guys that are first ballot hall of famers. So I, they have to get him some help expeditiously because we're seeing, we're seeing a first ballot hall of famer here. This is Michael Jordan stuff. This is LeBron stuff. This is, I'm not saying he's those guys. These are the kind of numbers those guys put up. This is better numbers than those guys put up. Like not better than Michael. This is better numbers than I think LeBron better scoring numbers. At least I don't think LeBron averaged 35 points a game in any season. I'm going to pull it up. LeBron's career high is 30 point or 31.4 in his third season. Now, granted, it was a slower time in the NBA. If he was came in in this era, he probably averaged 35 points a game in a season like that young LeBron. So we'll, we'll grant that little bit of context. But the fact remains is that he's doing something right now that LeBron never did while also maintaining that high assist rate. I, I think what he's doing deserves a lot of credit and attention. And I, I, I think him and Katie right now are my two front runners for MVP, but it's, it's still early. You know, we're only, we're not even halfway through the season yet. Technically, although we're getting, we're getting close. We're getting close at this point. I mean, how many games has the, how many games of the jazz played? That's been my barometer so far. The jazz are at 39. <laughs> so we're getting up there in games. I don't think a team has hit the 41 game threshold yet, um, but we're, we'll get there by the end of this week. So it's absolutely insane. I can't believe we're already at the, the 10 week mark. Um, the, the next pod will be, we'll already be through the NBA. So, um, but on that note, I think I want to move on to the Detroit Pistons who are, I mean, right now it's just bleak. They're 10 and 29. I think not. I think they're the worst team in the NBA um, record wise. The last five games, well, that's the nugget schedule. Um, the last five games, I mean, it's, they've had a actually decent five game showing, but they beat, they lost to the Hawks 105, 130. They lost to the Clippers 131 to 142 in overtime. They beat the Magic 121 to 101. They lost to the Bulls 132 to 118. And then they beat the Timberwolves 116 to 114. So we're kind of coming into the Magic or to the coming into the Magic, coming into the Pistons on a high point of their season, I would say. Um, the Magic game was a, was a game. <laughs> They played basketball um, in all seriousness. That was an experience because I'm sure if you've been paying attention to the internet, the basketball internet, you saw that that game had a fight and Mo Wagner got absolutely slumped by Killian Hayes. Um, and he deserved it. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. He deserved it. You know, it was a cheap shot by, by Mo. And he also was going back and forth with Hamadou Diallo. So they kind of, they hit him with the one, two. That's probably been the highlight of the season for the Pistons so far. We talked about the Cade injury. This team without Cade just doesn't make a lot of sense. And like, it's nice to see, you know, the pieces that you want to put around Cade, right? Like Boyan Bogdanovich, He's showing he's having a career year. I don't even know if this you would consider this a career year because he's just been doing this now for like however many years since Indiana, basically. Um, 21 points a game, 48% from the field, 41% from three. I mean, he just can get his own shot 
while also create like he creates his own shot very well. Now the problem is he can't create for others, which is why I if he could create for others, he's a top 50 player. He can't though. Like he is not <laughs> ever in the minds. The only time he creates for others is he's he's not a bad swing passer. Like if you get him, you know, on the kick out off an offensive rebound, he'll swing it to the open three-point shooter. But other than that, he's not gonna like drive it to the basket, kick it to, you know, a wide open Killian Hayes. That's not like unless he's like triple team, that's the only time he'll do that. He's not like He's not Ron, he's not prime Rondo. You know, he's not prime Chris Paul, you know, like true legends of court vision. He's closer to, you know, guys who don't pass at all. <laughs> That's fine. Um, a 14, like the assist to, I don't have the Pistons stats pulled up, but I'm sure his assist to usage ratio on cleaning the glass is hilarious. I'll actually pull that up while I'm gesticulating, but it's, He's sticks out like a sore thumb on this team because I, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't hurt to have vets on teams like this. But sometimes you need to realize that the vets are too good. And like Boyan isn't going to win this team games. He's not that good. Like he's not that guy, right? But I think you owe it to a guy, like especially at his age. So yeah, his assist to usage ratio is 0.51, which is about what I expected. Like he does not pass it at all. You owe it to a guy like Boyan to see what he can do on to help a contender, right? And like the Lakers, there's all these teams want him, right? All like the teams that are trying to be good, they want Boyan Bogdanovich because he's a good player. And he is a guy for me that if I'm a team trying to snatch a shooter, like if I'm the Mavericks, right? He's, he's a clear upgrade over a guy like Hardaway. I don't know what's happened to Jim Hardaway, but it, it just hasn't been the same this year. Or if I'm a team like the Heat, right? If I'm a team like the Heat, he slides in perfectly. There's so many teams that he just slides in perfectly for. And this Pistons team... I think they thought they were going to be better than they were this year. They, I, I don't think they understood the gravity of where they started from in 2019-20. In 2019-20, after, you know, the whole Blake Griffin debacle, I mean, Blake was still on the roster, but he was hurt. Andre Drummond was still there, and he was, like, a mess. Everything just... I, I think this was actually after the Drummond trade, after they traded him to Cleveland for, like, a sack of chips. That was the bleakest situation in the league, probably. I say probably. It was the bleakest situation in the league. Um, they had Sekou Damboya, I think, was their only young player worth a damn. And then they go out, they draft Killian Hayes, they draft um, Isaiah Stewart, they draft Sadiq Bey. And then 2021, they get Cade Cunningham. 2022, they get Jaden Ivey, they get Jalen Durant. Now, the problem with this setup is that these guys are all very young. They don't know what they're doing yet. I think Killian Hayes is just figuring out what he is, and that's a really good backup, right? I think Killian Hayes, I think the Pistons had really high expectations for him. Shout out to Kevin O'Connor, who had him as the first-ranked prospect in his big board. Um, That hasn't panned out, just being blunt. I think Isaiah Stewart is kind of stagnated for me. Like... 
he's shooting threes. He's driving to the basket, but it's like, that's not what I want him doing. That's not where I want him developing his game. I want to see better defense. I want to see, you know, more stuff. Sadiq Bay is... I, I guess it's a good thing he's trying more stuff with this game. Because we see, like, the Celtics, right? I, I saw someone say the Celtics' real strength is that they have guys who, when you close out on them hard, they're going to put the ball on the floor and make something else happen. I don't know if Sadiq Bey is that guy. And I don't know if that's an insult to Sadiq Bey. And I think that this Pistons team, they drafted a lot of role players. I think Jalen Duran, he's a really intriguing prospect. I don't think he's anything more than like his defense is an adventure. (laughs) Watching him on that end because he'll make a really good like He'll make a really good contest at the rim and then he won't box out and then someone will get a wide open layup. And then it's just stuff like that where he'll be completely out of position. Someone will get a wide open lane to the basket. It's a lot of stuff like that. And listen, that's what you expect from a young team. Jalen Duran's the youngest player in the league. Jalen Duran wasn't even born when LeBron was in the league. That's how that's, that's where we are now. Crazy as it, that is to say, um, that being said, you have to expect a guy like the the foundation I think is there for another star, right? Which is why I don't think them losing a lot of games this year was a bad thing. They need to get another high quality player though. Like Cade is really good. I don't think Cade can be your only only star though. I think they need another and if they get Wimbanyama, that's going to be great for them. If they get, like, I mean, they're not going to draft Scoop. They have too many guards. But if they get, like, one of the Thompson twins, that'll be great for them. They need another blue chip prospect. I think, because they, frankly, just being honest, it seems like a lot of the guys they've drafted have been role players. And Troy Weaver hasn't done anything to dissuade me from the benefit of the doubt, right? I think he's earned that benefit of the doubt from his, like what he's done in Detroit, but you can't do anything. Like this is my problem with the approaching the NS taking less just to compare it to another team. Like, yes, they have a really promising young team. They have a lot of holes still. And this could be a champ. The Indiana Pacers could be a championship team if they like took another year to get another crack at a star, right? And I think the Pistons, I think this is probably the best thing that could have happened to them because if they get another star, now you're talking like, look at what's happening in Orlando. Orlando has two bona fide young stars, three if you want to count Carter. I mean, and you have Suggs, you have Bolts, you have Cole Anthony, you have a bunch of great. Like, not great. You have a bunch of really good young players. The Magic are in a way better spot. You just want to compare Eastern Conference teams. I think the Pistons are probably in about... The Pistons compared to the Thunder is an interesting comparison. Because I think I'd take the Pistons. But actually, actually, i take Giddy over anyone else on the Pistons. That's I, I like Ivy. Let's talk about Ivy because I, I've been kind of like not saying anything about the players. Ivy's interesting. 
he was compared a lot to John Morant in college, which is an unfair comparison for him. He's not John Morant. What he is, he's more like to compare him to a Thunder player. History man. Um, he's really bouncy. He's got a lot of great dribble moves. He's not really a great passer. I think the passing, I think he would have been well served to be a pick and roll player at um at Purdue, but he wasn't afforded that opportunity. And they didn't let him develop that side of his game because if you think about the environment they had at Purdue and the team they had, they had the perfect team to just let him clear out and run empty side pick and rolls. But they didn't. Again, you have the perfect big man, not to catch lobs per se, but to just roll hard down the rim, create space vertically for you and try to help you make reads like from people ducking into the corner to help. And I know college defenses aren't always the same. I know teams play a lot more zone in college than they do in the pros, but you had shooters at Purdue. Stefanovic, Newman, I, I don't know the Purdue roster entirely, but it, it, I think they kind of not failed Ivy per se, but I think they kind of stunted his development a little bit. And I think that we're seeing that now. And I don't think he'll have to run a whole lot of pick and rolls, but it would be useful. It would be useful. He, he loves that 15 foot or actually the elbow jumper. He loves it. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to score a lot of points. I think he's going to be a guy who he has really great bounce. He has really great wiggle, but I don't want him running my offense. And I think the defense too, I think he has a lot of defensive potential, which separates him from a guy like man for me. Um, I know I compared him to Trey man, but that, that was just on the offensive side. I think the defensive potential is sky high for him. I think the defensive potential between him and Cade and Duran, honestly, you throw a Thompson twin or Wembenyama between those two, Duran and Sadiq Bay, you got like an elite NBA defensive lineup in a couple of years. Now, do the Pistons want to wait a couple of years? They've been kind of mired in mediocrity since since Chauncey Billups left, basically, if you want to be realistic about the timeline. So I, I don't know, like the the it's hard. Um Sadiq Bay's offense has stagnated. He had the 51 point game in Orlando this year, but he's really struggled this year. I think a lot of more defensive attention has been given his way. The shooting has fallen off. Um, I don't trust uh, Killian Hayes. I, I, I brought him up in passing. He's just gotten better. I thought he wasn't an NBA player to start the year. And the fact, I think he's going to have a job for the rest, like for another four or five years. That's better than we were before. Um, he can make three pointers. He can defend. He can pass. Can he do much else? The verdict remains to be seen. But if you can do those three things, you can be a pretty solid backup point guard. I making like 10, 13 million a year, 10 to 13 million a year. So is that what you want out of your seventh pick? No, 
Was that what you want for passing up on Tyrese Halliburton? No. Is Caleb going to kill me for pass- saying Tyrese Halliburton's name again? Yes, but <laughs> that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, it was an atrocious mistake passing up on that guy. And I think we have that guy. And then I, I want to shout out a couple other guys. Marvin Bagley um, doing his thing again for I'll, I'll never quit Marvin Bagley. I'm not like my co-host Dylan Hughes or my old co-host Dylan Hughes who never was a fan. Um, it was an event like watching him. He's got touch. He's got something. The defense is still bad. And that, I think that's the biggest hang up. I think he's going to be Enos Kanter, which if he can accept that role, you can make a lot of money playing that way. I think this team is just full of guys who need to be realistic with themselves about what their spot is in the NBA. How many Diallo is that Bruce Brown? And without he's Bruce Brown without the jumper, which I don't know how valuable that guy is, but Bruce Brown, have you going to on like, I mean, Bruce Brown didn't shoot threes on the nets. You put that guy on the right team with the right spacing. Who knows? There's always a spot for you. So I think that, Listen, there's always going to be a spot for a guy who has bounced like that who can't really shoot. Is he going to play a whole lot? Who can really say? Um, I I don't really... Alec Burks, I get him out of the rotation. <laughs> Not get him out of the rotation, but... I, uh, I'm just over it at this point. He's not the biggest Alec Burks fan. Um, Corey Joseph... Uh, I mean, I guess I guess the op- the counter would be what are what are the, who other who else are you gonna play? <laughs> I'd rather give those minutes to Diallo, but what do I know? Um, I think my biggest takeaway from this Pistons season is if they get that other star and Cade can stay healthy, they're gonna be really dangerous for the foreseeable future. But if not, they might just be like. The Orlando Magic with Fucevic and Gordon and Fournier. Not a place you want to be in in the NBA. And I think that's going to be the end of this segment. Um, JD's coming up. Make sure you check that out. And this is a really fun conversation with me and JD. So make sure you check that out. That was a this conversation was a blast. So the Denver Nuggets, JD are 23 and 12 they're right now they're first in the western conference jd and i've had a little uh snafus recording this podcast the first time we tried to record the nuggets segment they were second in the west um the last five games for the nuggets they came into the week on the last five games on a three game winning streak let's call it and they beat the suns um 128 125 on christmas Actually skipped a game, beat the Blazers 120-107 the game before Christmas. Beat um, the Kings 113-106. Lost to the Kings 126-127 the next night. And then beat the Heat 124-119. They're actually playing the Celtics as we speak. That would be a great game to analyze for this week. They really played a ton of great teams this week. There really wasn't a bad Nuggets game at all to, to go off this week. Um... So just generally, 
what are your like where do you want to start when you talk about the Nuggets? Because I feel like there's a ton of different ways you could go with when you're talking about this team. Um, personally, when I look and think of this team, I instantly, I instantly go towards potential. And the reason why I, I go towards potential is because this is a team that we still have it so healthy. And they are that good. Like, on the offensive end, I believe they got everything it takes to battle anybody. Defensively, outside of Aaron Gordon, who he's a good defender, but I don't think they have a great defender on their team. But they could be a team that is a solid um, positional defensive team. In the regular season so far, they have been um, decent, but in the playoffs, can we trust that? Still to be saw, you know, but on the offensive end, man, I, I love it. I mean, this is about to sound crazy, but A.B., you know what I've always said before Jokic became MVP, what my problem was with him. How he was, how he didn't assert his will enough. Mm-hmm. AB, it's been times this year where I saw Jokic go into the second half with 12 points. He leaving the game in between 30 and 40. And I say, man, this was the Jokic I've always talked about going to the next level. And then my favorite part of that is he's finishing with eight assists, 15 rebounds. And it's like many teams can't win with their center being the best player, right? And at a time like this. But it's not like it can't be done. And Jamal Murray finding his groove again. The one thing that I want from them is Michael Porter Jr. to take the next step. If he's healthy enough, Michael Porter Jr. can average 20 right along with Murray and Jokic. And on a defensive end, just don't be a liability. Because we know he can rebound. We know he... PSA. Michael Porter Jr. can shoot. I don't know Mm -hmm. if a lot of people pay attention, but... Let me say this. You know how Kevin Durant just rises above everybody? Kevin Durant is able to do this with his length. Michael Porter Jr. actually jumps into these shots, and he has the length. That's why it's hard to block his shots just like KD. That guy can shoot, and the defense cannot stop him from shooting if he decides, I want to just shoot the ball. I want him to be more aggressive, obviously. But if he 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 takes this team to a place we never saw them before, you know, and I'm 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 very interested in seeing what they could do. Like I just think it's it's a situation where We can really be surprised by what Denver can do this, like, just this season because it's so much 
that they have that we haven't really seen come together. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And I, I want to start with Jokic because you you almost I mean you can't start with anybody else, right? I mean I didn't think it was possible for him to get better. But it's just like he has complete control of the game now. And the defense still leaves a lot to be desired. But he's going to be a guy where I'm not going to be like, oh, he was so out of position. Oh, he knows where to be. His his limitations are all physical, not mental. Right. And I can live mm-hmm. with a guy. I think you'll, you'll agree with this. You can live with a guy whose physic whose limitations are mental, not physical. It's going to hurt you. But not as bad as the guy whose limitations are both of those, right? Like his teammate, <laughs> like Michael Porter Jr.'s. Let's be real here. Um, Jokic on offense, he's averaging 26, 11 boards, nine and a half assists. He's shooting 61% from the field. He's making 67% of his twos. He's getting to the line seven times a game, which I don't even have to look to tell you that's a career high. Um, he just has a complete mastery of the game right now. And then when the Nuggets get to clutch time, JD, he's just unstoppable. You, what, what are you supposed to do with him in clutch time? Yeah. And there's on offense, there's literally nothing you can. Okay. So let's just go through it. Right. He posts up, you throw a double team at him. He's going to find the open man. You single cover him. How many guys can single cover him in the league at this point? AD did a decent job on him, and AD, he still worked AD for a lot of that game. Yeah, he, he was he just dominant in what he do. AD was, a, we probably agree, like, I think you and I agree on this. AD was probably defensive player of the year before he got hurt, and he was working AD in that game. You, There's no way to guard this guy anymore. Like, there, he's coverage-proof. He's scheme proof whatever you do you you just can't guard him <laughs> and i think what's also makes him even more dangerous is he's got his buddy back <laughs> yeah I, you're not he, fond he, of he got his number one back you're not fond of jamal murray at all you, i mean i i it is it's it's tough to explain it's we we won't get into it tonight but you don't like him we can be honest. I like him sometimes. We can call a spade a spade, JD. It depends on who he's going against. If he's going against that guy in Miami, oh, you nah, don't like him. No, no, nah, nah, I don't. I don't even want him to think he belongs on the court. But, but him and Jokic have such a unique two man game. Like, and you could like Murray is kind of looking like 2019-20 regular season Murray you know, before he was hurt, which is, you know, oh, I'm going to, we have this unique two-man game, but I'm not, like, taking over games like mm-hmm. I was in 2021, right, before I, you know, after the bubble. He, but their two-man game was like, okay, Jokic can drive, Murray can drive. They both can spot up off of each other, and they both can hand off to each other. They both can screen for each other. What are you? There's like infinite possibilities of what a Murray screen for each other could do. Yeah. And it's just, it's chess where they control the whole board. Like, it's like if you're playing chess 
and the one team has all queens and you have one pawn going against the whole <laughs> or it's a checkers game where you ha- it's 10 going against one you know just all the analogies it's like you can't stop it there's nothing you can do it's inevitable they're going to score mm-hmm. and the defense right now so I, I was able to pull up cleaning the glass after a lot of hard work um second ranked offense in the league right now for the nuggets now the defense is 26 i'm not going to lie to you i'm not really that concerned about the defense because there, I saw a stat on the Christmas game that said they were the first in clutch time defense. Mm. And you saw it against the Suns. They shut down Landry Shamit when it mattered. Now, did it was it concerning that Landry Shamit went off for the majority of that game? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, was it concerning that they give up these performances to these stars? Yes. But when it matters the most, this team can get the stops. Now, JD, I, I feel like we should talk about the backup center thing. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't know why they didn't bring Boogie back. Boogie, God. He was literally such a perfect fit. Like, I'm, if there's a baby Jokic, and he's not baby Jokic, he's older than Jokic. But in he's terms just, of skills, it's just Boogie, man. He just, ter- it's just Boogie. Like, <laughs> He was perfect for them, like, oh, especially on offensive end. In terms of skill set, Jokic and Boogie actually play really similar. Now, Prime Boogie was a lot more explosive than Jokic. And a lot more dominant. A lot, and Jokic was a lot more, a lot better of a passer. Yeah. But if and Boogie, I was going to... And, 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 and that's a statement as how great of a passer he is, because Boogie was putting up four, five assists. Right. That's, how, that's how great Jokic is as a passer. Right. Yeah, it's not a knock on Boogie to say Jokic clears him as a passer. But right now, Jokic is probably the, like, would you say Jokic is probably like a top five passer in the league right now? I mean, it's not like he's 9.5 assists to 3.5 turnovers. That's some Chris Paul shit. I go put him in that class. We. Chris not not Chris Paul, maybe, but like, let's look at our guy. Let's look at the most overhyped player in the NBA right now. The guy who just destroyed your one of your favorite guys yesterday, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton's at 10 assists, 2.5 turnovers. So not that far off from like one of the best assisted turnover guys in the league. Yeah, Halliburton got a lot of nice 2010 no assists. I mean, no turnovers. But I, I don't know. Like, just watching, I, I think Boogie was a guy they should have brought back. D, DJ just isn't it. <laughs> DJ, DJ has, when was the last, okay, here's a question, JD. He should go be a coach somewhere. <laughs> That's, this, game I think, this game ain't feather him no more. You, you've said a lot of mean things on this podcast. I think that might be the meanest thing you've ever said. I thought that was pretty nice. That was real. Like <laughs> this game ain't fair to him no more is an incredible line. Um, I was gonna ask when was the last time DJ was it? I was gonna say probably when he was on the Mavericks. Was he on the Mavericks? 
It's, he's been playing yeah, for so he long. He was on Dallas. Yeah, that's right, because he was traded for Porzingis. Um, <laughs> he was on that first Luka team. God, he's been in the league forever. Um, I how do you like? So we should. T- I I like their role players on this team, and I I don't want to talk about all of them. I don't want to talk about Christian Brown. I don't want to talk about Vlaco Conchar, but I do want to talk about Bruce Brown. God, he's been a perfect. I want to talk about KCP, and we gotta talk about Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon killed the Suns on Christmas Day. I I know that delighted you, JD. I know watching him kill the Suns, watching him dunk on Landry Shamit. I know that made you happy inside. Oh, uh, it, it's it's a pro and con to that because I, unlike most people, I like Landry Shamit. Um, I like Aaron Gordon most times out the year, not all the time, and I hate Phoenix so. It was good and bad to it. So, how have you liked? Because you know we've seen Aaron Gordon before, but I, I feel like he's playing now that you know the two guys are back in Porter and in Porter and Murray. I feel like he's playing at the level that we were promised coming out of the Orlando trade. Just real quick, how have you liked the Aaron Gordon minutes for the I, Nuggets? I think this is the best place for him to be himself, to just be him. I think I think this is literally best for him. Yeah, playing awesome defense. Um, in that Suns game, twenty-eight thirteen on eleven of eighteen shooting. He's gonna put up not a lot of shots, but he's gonna make a lot of the shots he takes. Mm-hmm. And having a guy like that who's gonna cut, having a guy like that who's gonna play defense, crash the boards. Um, guard the team's best guard the other team's best player that's huge and I think KCP you know I people didn't some people didn't like the KCP for uh who do they trade Morris and Barton yeah but I I think Jamie, I love I, the KCP pickup I I think it's so great for them he's you know what do you guess can you guess what KCP shooting from three right now um Forty-three percent. That's too low. Too low. He's shooting forty-seven percent. He is, you know, he's doing his thing on defense. He is. It's a perfect role for him. It's It's a perfect role for him. And then I think you brought it up the last time we tried to record. This is a perfect place for Bruce Brown. Absolutely. And I think they forgot he could shoot because, you know, he he was a shooter in Detroit. I'm sure you remember that, like when they were playing the Bulls four times a year and Bruce Brown would just pop off. Yeah, I I, I remember some things. (laughs) But he wasn't a shooter in Brooklyn. No, they're like, oh, he he was such a great slasher. I feel like Bruce Brown is being a basketball player here. Like, you know, not to take away from what he did in Brooklyn. But he's he's a basketball player. Yeah. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to my guy Bones Highland. It's not he like it. I like I like Bones. He's not shooting great right now, but he can get whatever he wants at any time. I'm guessing he's going to be a great six man for years to come. We have some big. I have some big picture questions about the Nuggets though, because the, you know we're talking about them late in the season. The next time we get around to them, it's going to be like April, right? 
and it's going to be close to the playoffs. How do you feel this team stacks up in the West? Like, is this a team? Um, man. So, I, I, I to say this. My top, my top teams, as I said before. Warriors, Clippers, Memphis, New Orleans, Dennis, Denver. Like Denver is in that mix. I I don't think they better than the other four, but I think they present an issue none of the other four present to them. And it's all about adjustments in the playoffs and what team. The only two teams I feel like can make Jokic work with they big along with they other guys would be the teams of New Orleans and Memphis because Adams, the way he runs the floor, Jokic will have to actually try to move, you know, versus being able to try. um, Adams is super strong, so it'll make Jokic work more. Um, Same thing with Valanciunas. You know, Valanciunas is offensive threat as well as a solid defender. But then you got the teams of Golden State that will say, okay, Jokic might kill us, but we're going to make him work defensively, slow him down in any way we can. The Clippers, they have so much depth. Well, even if they don't slow him down, they could constantly throw these waves at you. And to the extent of, okay, they take out – Zubak and say we gonna play small. Jokic kill us on the defensive end, but we finna make him run offensively. They can, you know, Golden State and the Clippers present different problems for Denver that other teams probably can't take advantage of. But then again, New Orleans and Memphis does as well. So I, I got them in that top five class. It's just all about can. Can Denver defense stop any of those other teams and score at will the way they are in the regular season? And and I think it's a question to that both teams, no matter who they're going against, is one that we're going to have to answer. Can we really see Memphis stop them? Probably not. But can they stop Memphis? Probably not. So what team can get a stop first? I'll probably go with Memphis over Denver. <laughs> can we see New Orleans stop them? I like New Orleans' chances versus a bunch of the other teams because New Orleans has a bunch of defenders, <laughs> like very solid defenders and very irritant players and a bunch of just dogs. But can we say New Orleans can score on them? It's easily as they should. I don't think so. I don't think they present that same issue because with how B.I. looking, I don't trust B.I. right now, health-wise. B.I. been in the come play for three games and he's gone the next 15. I don't think that's something to look for, especially when he had that issue last playoffs. You know? Coming, coming in kind of hurt. Then you look at the other two teams. 
going against Golden State. I don't think they could score with Golden State. I don't think they had a wing defense. KCP can't slow down Steph Clay or Jordan Poole. Um, and we saw what they did last. Jamal Murray is good as Jamal Murray can go at scoring. He's gonna have to outscore Jordan Poole and Clay. Why Jokic is trying to go at Steph. Who is their third score? Michael Porter Jr. Can we we haven't saw Michael Porter Jr. step into that 20? Can he give us 15 nightly? I think so. But will he in the playoffs? Because we know Andrew Wiggins can step up into that role. Then you look at the Clippers. This is just a deep team. Literally, they got a bunch of guys. Like, we can probably look at their team right now and say they got a bunch of guys, maybe eight, eight or nine guys that average eight, uh, eight and up in points. That matters in the playoffs, no matter how they get those points. Because we know... We know they got guys that's actually playoffs tested. Luke Kennard is an underrated aspect. Him and Nicholas Batum is two of the most underrated aspects to that team. Even though we saw what Nicholas Batum did the year that Kawhi went out. Batum was the reason they could play small. Batum was that reason. He's that type of S-factor. Luke Kennard. A.B. He top five best shooters in the game right now. I feel like every shot he shoot gonna go in. How we talked about Cam Johnson. I think he's that type of shooter. It's like almost every time top he shoot. Five? I, top five? Look at his percentages. He's he's Point what point zero one better than KCP? <laughs> no, P- percentages. Yeah, KCP's at point four seven one, and Canard's at point four seven two. And guess what? Canard not playing as much. Imagine him taking six more shots. I here here's my top. Whatever I think, Steph Clay top two for a while. Yeah, for Katie, sure. Katie gets, um, Katie's in there. I think Buddy Heald is really disrespected in this conversation. Buddy can shoot. I'm not putting him but, top five. Buddy is a top five shooter. Come on now. Nah. He's one of the five best shooters. Come on now. Come on now. If the Clippers had Buddy Heald, they would not be messing with his minutes the way they do with Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard can't defend. Neither can Buddy Heald. Buddy Hill stronger than Luke Kennard. That's a bit factor on defense. If you can bump a guy off their line. Stronger. Yes. Laterally quick. No. What position do they both play in common? The two. The two. <laughs> do you need to be quick to play the two in guard? They're, I, I will take Buddy. Um. Uh, now's not the time to have this conversation because we have other... So let's go through the teams you brought up in terms of who Denver 
should be scared of. Interesting. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I say scared, but I think though they are the top five, and, and any I think Denver makes any of those matchups tough. You know what I'm saying? We saw them beat the Clippers. I think it's tough either way. But all I'm saying is, right now, just the way that they are constructed and what we've seen to this point, I got them at they at they best. I don't think they're better than those other five, other four. I think so. Here's my view: better is subjective, right? Mm-hmm. You and I might disagree. I'm really high on the Nuggets. The way I view things right now, with Steph Curry's injury, they're going to really have to fight to not be in the play-in. Would agree or disagree? Agree, but he's coming back. That's the only thing that matters. He's coming he's com- back. He's coming back, but we saw what happened in 2021. And that's my concern, where they're like, oh, better you know. Better team now, though. A much better, better team, team now. Better team, but they can't win on the road. They've won, like, what, three road games all year? Three, but they killing it at home. <laughs> well, you play half the games at home and half the games on the road. If you but, win ten games at home, AB, AB, quick question: How many games you need to win in the playoffs on the road in a seven game series? Well, if you're the lower seed, I guess just one. Okay then. <laughs> but if you are playing in a one or so let's just say they stick in the nine seed right which I don't think but let's say they're in the eighth seed you have to play a game at home to get to the two seed or get to the seven seed or play a game on the road god you know what I'm trying to say if you are at the eighth seed you have to play a game in the seven seeds arena to try to get to the seven seed and play the two seed I'm trying to play New Orleans if I'm the Warriors, personally. I think they have... I, I don't know, though. I don't, well, let's not talk about the Warriors. This isn't the Warriors podcast. Let's talk about... I want to talk about them, how they relate to the Nuggets. And how they relate to the Nuggets is this. I'm terrified of them if I'm the Nuggets still. <laughs> like, like how the Suns were scared of the Lakers that one year. And they didn't want to admit it. But they were terrified of the Lakers. And they played them in the first round. And Book killed them. Book wasn't scared. The rest of the team was scared. Um, I think the Nuggets should be scared of the Warriors. <laughs> if I'm the Nuggets, I would be scared of the Clippers. But also, I'm like, hey, I just beat you guys two years ago. The last time we were fully healthy. You know, or I guess that would be three years ago. But you get the point. It's basically mm-hmm. the two same teams. They won. Yeah, they won. So I don't know if they will be scared. If I'm Denver... I don't know if I'm scared of Memphis or New Orleans because the experience is on our side. And I know we saw last year, the experience didn't matter much, but I mean, they're going to have the best player in both those series. And I'll take Jamal Murray over Desmond Bain. You brought up Brandon Ingram's health. I don't. Uh, You brought up Brandon Ingram's health. That concerns me. I'll still take CJ. We saw CJ outduel Jamal Murray, but that was when Jamal Murray was a baby. <laughs> so 
take that with a grain of salt. I I just feel like there's a lot of different factors. It's going to go down to who you feel matches up with the Nuggets the best. And I feel like I, I do feel like they match up really well with the Clippers, especially if the Clippers don't don't go out and get another center. Yeah, like if they, like if I, they don't go, I agree with that. Like, did you watch the Clippers Pacers game yesterday? Unfortunately, actually, fortunately for me, no. I would have been pissed at the fact they lost when Paul George went for forty five. You know why they lost? Halliburton played great. That yeah, that's what did. people that's he what did. people are going to talk about. Tyrese Halliburton is amazing. Miles Turner fucking killed that. Yeah, Miles Turner put up numbers, and the one thing. With the Clippers, a guy like Miles Turner, who can shoot, and then actually having space going towards the rim, being that athletic, they take out Zubat because he's sitting outside the three, right? Zoo is null and void. Because Zoo is one of the best rim protectors this year and a top rebounder before Kawhi came back. So you take him out the game and you play small. Mouse Turner is a physically strong guy and he's athletic. He's going to be able to finish around the rim as long as he can give one of those guys a nice enough bump. And I know for a fact, I, I saw, I, I, I didn't watch the game, but you know, I had to go back and look at what went wrong. Miles Turner was able to kill them. He was not a guy that I would have saw having a double-double that game. He's not a guy that I would have saw going for anything more than 12 points. Personally, I didn't think Miles Turner would have did that. And he came with a vengeance. And he was a big, he was the reason that they won. Yeah, 34 points, 10 free throw attempts. Um, not a whole lot of rebounds, actually. Not as many as I remember, but he killed them. Just absolutely destroyed them. Only five three-point attempts. So you know what Miles is doing most of his damage inside of the arc. It's a problem. Um, the Clippers got to go get Boogie. So they got to get somebody. But we, we'll talk more about the Clippers next week. Yeah. I, I think that they're going to... I was be, saying in relation to going against Denver, that's their best bet. Probably. That, or... Or, That's honestly the best bet. You know, you know, it hurts me to say this physically. They might not be a bad white side team. Mm. I'm sorry. Jokic would make us. He would bend Hosan white side over the entire game and spank him. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, I don't think this guy is good for them. But I think defensively, he's perfect. Offensively, he'll hate it. Defensively, Dwight Howard. Yeah. I mean, if they let Dwight foul like he did in the bubble, I mean, that's an underrated part of that series is that, yeah. no, that no one they, about they allowed the Lakers to be physically imposing to the fact that Dwight Howard had four fouls in the first quarter. That's an incredibly nice way of saying he fouled the shit out of <laughs> like, 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 let's be honest. Jokic left game. What was it? Game two or three. It was game two or three. 
He left the first quarter. His arms was redder than the house jerseys. <laughs> I remember them doubling and just whacking at him. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember saying it to the point where Jokic, he got pulled, his elbow, his, you know, the inside of the elbow was pulled. He loses the ball and he just grabbed to whoever he could. And I'm like, come on now. And, you know, I hated it even more for the simple fact. I wanted the Lakers to go against the Clippers. And then Denver ended up coming back being the Clippers. So I hated both teams, but I still wanted Denver to win. That's how you know my hatred for certain teams is at another level. So I was looking for Jokic to be physically imposing like he was versus the Clippers. I was looking for him to dissect the defense the same way. But if you can let Dwight Howard commit four fouls in the first quarter, if LeBron can come over and hack at you once or twice a quarter, he he's damn near taking your wrist off. He's the most physically built being we've seen in basketball in modern era. Yeah, probably. Like... It's certain guys that they don't have to do much to really just throw your game off because they that strong. That's two of the strongest people that we didn't saw in probably the last 20 years outside of Shaq. And, you know, just guys of that stature. That's being allowed to hack away at you. Then you got the freaking mental man Rondo who just know how to do little subtle things to irritate you. And Jokic still was getting off. Denver is a team, like, as we said, their potential is beyond is beyond what we saw at all from them. Definitely. Um, I think that's a good point to move on from. Um, we got to move on to the Bucks, though, who are... 23 and 12 also good for third in the Eastern conference, but their 23 and 12, I think is very deceiving. Um, their last five games have been a roller coaster to say the least on December 23rd. They lost to the nets 100 to 118. Actually, again, I need to get better at calculating just last five games. The game before that, they lost to the Cavs 106, 114. Um, then they lost to the Celtics one. 18 to 139 on Christmas. Then they lost to your Bulls 139 to 1 or not 139. 113 to 119. Amazing. And then, they, then they beat the Wolves 123 to 114. And I don't believe Rudy Gobert played. He did it. Luckily in that him. game. Luckily um, for him, he didn't because Giannis was on the mission. But the Bucks, JD, have been they got off to a pretty hot start. But I think the wheels are starting to come off. And, you know, you, t- I re- you remember we talked a little bit about the Nuggets on Friday before we had technical issues. But a lot of that Nuggets stuff was new for us. Like uh, the majority of the um, yeah. discussion of the. Um, like where we have them in the West, we didn't really talk much about the Bucks at all. And this is what I have to say about the Bucks. They're in trouble. They played the 
three best teams in the East and also the Nets. Um, <laughs> no, that, no. that was a joke no. saying the Bulls were one of the three best teams in the East, J.D. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, um, I don't like how you played us. <laughs> but in all seriousness, they played probably the other three best teams in the East. They played the Bulls who are fighting for their lives right now. And Giannis played, I, I don't think it's safe. I don't think it's unfair to say Giannis played like a Hall of Famer in those five games. A madman. And they lost four of those five games. That's a problem. They miss Chris Middleton badly. Drew Holiday isn't that, getting it you done. You said it. You said it. You said it. Middleton. But they're also just like, they can't defend the top player. Like, they can't. DeMar DeRozan in that game, what, did he have 45 also? DeRozan had, was it 45. Let's see. I'm, I'm in in between right. 43 to 45. He had 42 on 15 or 25 shooting. That's unacceptable. That's just flat out unacceptable. Um, hey, hey, man, we know we know how DeRozan can get. Well, Tatum, on his name. Tatum on Christmas had 41. Brown mm-hmm. had 29. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Katie do? Because I'm sure Katie just absolutely roasted them too. Katie, they held. It was a Katie, I think. KD only scored 24. The Nets had a pretty balanced scoring attack. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got off for them that game. Yeah. And Ben Ben looked good. Ben had almost a triple-double. Royce O'Neal had 17. Kyrie had 18. Ben Claxton, or Ben Claxton. Nick Claxton had 19. Um, TJ Warren had 12. This team, JD... You know, I'm one of the biggest Bucks optimists in the... I'm probably one of the biggest Bucks optimists out there. This team just can't do it the way that they're currently constructed. Like, they're playing... They're relying on Grayson Allen way too much. Yeah, I think it's the shooters that, that disturb me. The shooting isn't great, but... I think it's more so, like... They don't... They play Bud's rigid system on offense, right? And, like, everyone talks about the defense being rigid... I don't think the defense is as rigid as everyone says, you know, like they're willing to try different stuff with Portis, you know, they're like playing Portis at the four, Giannis at the five. I think it's the offense where it's like, okay, everyone's going to stand around the, in the, you know, one out or the one in four out. And it's hard to win that way and not have any variety in your offense. And the shooters aren't helping. I, I just, I don't know what, like, I don't know who you could get that would fix the problem. Like, Chris Middleton being healthy would help. But the problems, I think, go deeper than Chris Middleton, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know. I, I, I say I don't know because they haven't really been healthy all year. And I think throwing Drew into to play how they need him to right now. It's kind of tiring when you still asking him to guard the best guy every night. And now we see Drew is even hurt. Then you look to, okay, Giannis is being put on the floor. They versus the Bulls, they ran Giannis, Brooke, and Portis together. Big lineup, right? But guess what? Bobby Portis can't move his feet. 
Rick Lopez, if you're not coming straight downhill at him, you can get a shot away from him. And Giannis is not great at guarding you one-on-one. So you know what DeMar DeRosa did every time? I'm finna get Giannis switched on to me. Okay. Bring me um, Bobby Portis. Bring me Brooke Lopez. If you got Drew and Middleton out there, you might not even need both of those guys on the court. And you could just throw some smaller guys out there. Because Javon Carter was an issue for us. I'm not going to lie. Javon Carter was an issue. But then you got trash bag Grayson Allen, who honestly, let's just say, he's not good. No. Grayson Allen ain't good. You know, I take Doug McDermott 10 out of 10. I'll take a lot of guys over Grayson Allen. It's like, and I brought up Doug McDermott just because you remember and when D- Grayson Allen was in college, that one year scoring, everybody made it a big deal. So I'm going to bring up Doug McDermott just because Doug McDermott went four years of killing. But anyway, it's plenty of guys in the league you can find to replace Doug McDermott. I mean, to uh, replace Jared, uh, Grayson Allen. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to Jared and uh, Dougie. But Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen, you trash. Um, you're a dirty-ass player, and hopefully sometime soon, somebody gets you back for all that shit you're doing. Because it's ridiculous. Grayson Allen gets away with all these dirty plays. Time after time. Then we they talk about his shooting. He's not that great of a shooter. He only got one job on the floor, and it's to shoot the ball. He's not that great. Honestly, if we want to have somebody just to shoot the ball, why didn't y'all make a run after Duncan Robinson? Y'all literally just want him to shoot the ball. Y'all not, I mean, ask, y'all not asking for nothing else. Just shoot the ball and not down shots. Duncan Robinson does that perfectly. I'll take Duncan Robinson 10 times out of 10. Um, I'm just saying, they want shooters, right? He doesn't fit that job. If that was the case, y'all should have kept Dante DiVincenzo. Y'all brought in Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles coming back from injury. He's still finding his groove. So it's hard to judge from that perspective. Because we know Jingles was how he was a couple years ago. They could run um, fully healthy, I'm speaking. They can run Drew. Um, Javon Carter, Middleton, Jingles, Giannis, and play very solid on both sides of the ball. I still blame the coach personally. Or take Javon Carter out and throw Bobby Portis in there or Brooke. You still can be very effective on both sides of the ball, but I don't think they still have a good enough coach. Or a guy you haven't mentioned yet, Pat Connaughton, who was... I thought of Connaughton, but my only reason for not bringing up Connaughton is I think Joe Ingles at his best did what Connaughton do much better. 
different sizes, of course, but I'm just saying. In that Celtics series, I think Connaughton was probably their fourth best player. I don't think that's unfair to say. Last year, he was hitting some crazy shots. I will grant that 1,000%. But I, I don't know, man. Like, he's but is playing weird rotations this year. He's doing a lot of weird stuff. I, I, I don't understand. It's just boggling, right? Because Brooke Lopez is, I, I, I think you and I would both agree. This is probably the best he's looked since the year they've won the title. Yeah. Like since the conference finals, when he beat Atlanta by himself, well, him and Middleton beat Atlanta by themselves. Um, Javon Carter has been killing it this year. His, you know, I've always been a big Javon Carter guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ingles, I'll say Ingles gives them a different element, but it's not the element they need. They like this. This team to me is like if you had that Lakers team, that Shaq Kobe Lakers team, right? But you took out Kobe. You started Glenn Rice and you traded Kobe for let's just put in Buddy Heald, right? Just like I can't think of any contemporary 2000 shooters, but just to illustrate my point, right? And you have Derek Fisher taking, you know, 16 shots a game. <laughs> this is what would happen. And Giannis, to his credit, is killing it right now. Like he is doing what he's supposed to do. But if Giannis is putting up 45 points, he needs other guys to put up another. What is it? If the Bulls got to 119, he needed another 75 points. Where's the other 75 coming from? It's a fair question to ask. Right now, Drew's giving you 19, but he's hurt right now. Like you said, Mm -hmm. who's to say? I don't know. I think he'll be out for very long. No, nah, he, like, he day-to-day for the most part. Not like Middleton. Middleton, who knows when he'll be healthy again. Like, this is actually, like, concerning at this point. Like, I don't know when he's coming back. And then, I, I think what this team needs, they don't need anybody, like, super great, you know? Because if Middleton comes back and he's, like, 75% of Middleton, if they add this element... Right. They need a little bit of boogie in the mid range, not boogie like boogie cousins. We've been bringing him up a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. They need like, you know, who would be perfect for this team would be Jordan Clarkson. Yes. Jordan Clarkson would fit this team to a T. Now, the problem is, is that the jazz, I don't think would give him up no, for what won't. the Bucks have. Like who who do who the hell they got to offer really? And they don't have any first because of the holiday trade. They should have so. kept Divincenzo if they was gonna play Grayson Allen as much. Yeah, I listen. I don't disagree. I don't know why he's in love with Grayson Allen. It's kind of weird. It's not like he has his guys. Like Bud has his guys. George Hill. What George? This is like the third team George Hill has been on with. I think. Bro, I'm so tired of seeing. I like George Hill, but I'm tired of seeing his ass. He needs to retire. Um, Wes Matthews probably needs to retire at this point. 
He needs you know who, to play nine minutes a game. You know who needs to play more on this team is the rookie from the G League, Bochamp. I think that's how you pronounce his name. That kid's athletic. He can shoot a little bit. He's exactly what this team needs. But he's playing 15 minutes a game. I understand. You know, like, oh, he's young. He makes a lot of mistakes. I don't give a shit. He's athletic. You need athleticism on this team. You need you need a guy who can make his fucking shots. He's making 35% of his threes right now. How many of your guys are making 35% of their threes? I'll tell you, not a fucking lot. <laughs> it's, it's just frustrating because the fixes are so easy for this team. I, I just don't see him doing it. And it's frustrating. Drew, can we, let's, let's talk about Drew real quick. Let's give Drew some love because I know I'm like kind of ragging on him a little bit. 19 points, 7.5 assists, um, 1.5 steals, 5 rebounds, um, 45, 36, 89% from the free throw line. He's doing, he's playing like an all-star this year. He's not going to make the all-star team because the guard spot is loaded in the East. But man, JD, <laughs> I, I think Drew, like if Middleton was healthy, He'd be getting, I'd be giving him a lot more love personally. I'm, I'll just say that. Like, I know I'm kind of ragging on him. He deserves love. He's not playing yeah, bad. Drew, Drew been cold. It's just, you asking a lot for him right now. Drew ain't young either. No, he's not. Not, a be, not in basketball years. So what he's doing is magnificent, but they ask for so much. He's 32. He was in the 09 draft class. There's not a whole lot of guys left. Let's see how many players are left from his draft class. I think that'll be a good note to close it on because just to show you like what exactly we're working with here. So Blake, are we counting Blake? Blake still plays. So Blake is still playing. Yeah, Blake hurt right now. James Harden still playing. Ricky Rubio, we'll count him. Still playing. I mean, he hurt, so. Yeah. Steph Curry, still playing. DeMar DeRozan, still playing. Um, the next guy on the list is well, James Johnson is still playing technically, so we'll count him. He's on the team. He's he like, he's playing for the Pacers. I, I didn't. A couple I, minutes. I didn't know that. Um, Drew Holiday. The next guy after that is not is Taj Gibson. Oh, he plays now. He plays. <laughs> Taj should not. Dylan and I talked about this on our Wizards episode. We should. He should not be playing at all. Um, then you have the next guy after, after Taj is Pat Bev at 42. And then the next guy after that is Patty Mills. Danny Green, technically, but I think Danny Green's probably out of the league after his contract expires because he's still recovering. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him another shot, but it's, it's looking rough for him. So you got like 10 guys left in that draft class. It's you're asking a lot from him. He's not a superhuman. He's really good, but he's not a hall. I I don't think he's a hall of famer, even with his resume, which is saying a lot. I I don't. They're not managing Giannis's career, right? And it's frustrating because he's been playing like, honestly, Luca, Luca had a 60, 21 and 10 game this week. And I don't think he's had the best week out of anyone in the league. And and Giannis's team lost like four times. So, I, 
what was it? What was it, JD? Was it back to back 40 20 games for Giannis? What was, was that the stat what, they were was, saying? Was it 40? I think it was back to back 40 20 games. I think that was the first time that had been done since Wilt. <laughs> Let's see. I know he had a 40 and 20 game versus Minnesota. He had one against the Bulls too, forty-five and twenty-two. And uh, they lost. he got he got twenty-two rebounds. I didn't know he got twenty-two boards. I knew he had the forty-five points. So he let's just go through and see. Sat against Utah, and this will actually be where I close. Since he sat against Utah, he played against New Orleans, dropped forty-two and ten. They won. Cleveland drops forty-five and fourteen. They lose. Brooklyn drops 26, 13, and 7. They lose. Boston drops 27 and 9. They lose. Chicago drops 45, 22, and 7. They lose. That's insane. <laughs> but In- he also been without his number two and number three. Yes, but that's like still, I'm sorry, JD. That's insane numbers to be losing with. Yeah, insane. It is. Like, this team. Agree or disagree? This team should have title expectations. Yeah, I agree with that. And agree or disagree, this season so far has been a little disappointing for them. With how Giannis has played. I mean, you want more, but considering the injuries, can you jack the the result? I mean, you got to understand, like, he without his top two. I can't believe you're the one being reasonable about the Bucks here. Um, do you have yeah, anything to plug? Yeah, you know, I hate them. Do you have anything to plug on the way out? Um, facts and stats? Anything like that? Um, just stay tuned. I'm, I'm working on so much right now. And when it all comes together, I really... I'm really excited to announce a whole lot of things and I'll re I'll be telling it all on facts and stats. Um, just stay tuned. Absolutely. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out, um, Lynn Sanity. Zach Griffith is going to be hopping on for the whole of the NFL playoffs and the rest of the regular season. Um, even though I think the regular season has one week after this week, JD, who are you rooting for in the NFL playoffs since, you know, even though the Bears had, a, I think the Bears had a great season, all things considered. Even though they lost, they won three games. Yeah, we trash. But you, you have a quarterback, JD. Yeah, we finally got a quarterback, but we don't got a defense no more. Well, you, you, you can't. We don't have wide receivers. Oh my God! You know what? I'm done. I'm done. Don't take me to AB. Okay, okay. Who's just real quick? Who are you rooting for in the NFL playoffs? I'm waiting for my favorite um, player to get healthy. Okay, so that's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I knew who that was, but I, I don't think the audience knew who that was. Um, I'm waiting on Lamar Jackson. I don't really care for um, no teams in particular. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a huge uh, Kelsey Patrick Mahomes fan. You know, I love the wide receivers in Miami and they quarterback, but obviously we know he's more prone to concussions than you. Um, God damn. I took a dig. <laughs> and then uh, 
Let me see. I don't care for the rest. Oh, the Eagles. And that's because I hate Dallas. Maybe your guy Jalen Hurts is and the quarterback. I'll just about to say, and they got Hurts. And I like AJ Brown. So it's it's a bunch of players I like, not specifically a team. But to keep it sweet, if Green Bay make it, I hope they lose. I hate everybody in the Bears division. Um, I hate Tom Brady and everything coming with him. I hope Dallas like gets smoked. Um That might be it for the most part, like out of everybody I just generally hate. Fair enough. Um, I think I might reveal mine next week. I don't know exactly who I'm rooting for yet, but I know it's not Tom Brady. Never will be Tom Brady. So we're, we're, we're aligned on that front. Um, make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Um, last episode Zach put out was the one I did with him on No Country for Old Men. That was a banger. So make sure you check that out. Um, the teams for next week are last teams. We made it through the whole league, J.D., the Clippers, Bulls, and the Spurs. This could be JD week, although I don't I doubt you want to talk about two of those three teams. <laughs> so we'll have to find a time. Um, I might have to monologue about two of those three teams and we'll just talk about the Clippers. We'll we'll, we'll work it out. But JD, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Always love, man. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you all so much for listening. 